But as those are going around, I want, I want you to think about this for a second. If you did a quick look at Google search of the word love, you will see 12 billion entries. It's a subject of movies, books, and music. Why is love such a widely talked about and pursued topic? Why do you think love is talked about so much? What is some reason you think why love is talked about? I can think of a couple. It's popular, okay. Anyone else? There's some pencils in the front here if you need a pencil. What, what, do, you, what do you think? Why is love talked about? Do you think it's because everyone's searching for love? How many of you in this room hope to one day find that special someone that you can love for the rest of your life? So, so the all in the front don't want to find that person? So we have some people in the front. We have some people in the second row who have to give a celibacy. They want to be single for the rest of their life. It's easy to get caught up. Listen. It's easy to get caught up in a story or song, but in real life, love seems rather elusive and unattainable at times. You know, sometimes we in life think that, you know, how are we ever going to find love? There are many people who think they find love at an early age. There are many people who give their hearts over to a guy or a girl, and then they break up, and a piece of them are gone. You see, we are all searching for some sort of love. I'm sure there's no one in here tonight that would say, you know what, I don't care if anyone loves me. I don't care if, you know, everyone hates me. There's no one in this room tonight. Because we all want to be loved. In fact, see, this is what I'm trying to tell you. A song just came in my mind that I used to listen to was a bad song. I, I don't understand. It just always comes out. You know we talked about last week? About that filter? Yeah, see, and a song just came in my mind. Wow. That is sad. Anyway. Yet God has not left us alone in our search for love. We find that God is love and has given us the gift of love. When we follow Him, He gives us the, the gift of His Spirit, who works out the love in our hearts. And we know that the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, and self-control. Love is the first one. fruit of the Spirit is love. That's the first one. And we think of Romans 5, 5, and, and we need to recognize tonight that no matter what you have done, nothing can separate you from the love of God. There's nothing that you, you could have messed up and think, God doesn't love you. No. God wants to have a relationship with you. God wants to show you His love. And we will look a little bit later at that. But I want you to, first of all, think of this for a second. I want to read some stories of some different people. And I want you just to think about these people. This isn't in the PowerPoint. I want you to think. There's a guy named Sean. And this is what Sean says. God, why did you make me so short? I hate this. Everyone is head and shoulders taller than me. At first it wasn't a big deal, but everyone keeps growing. I get picked on all the time. I was a starter on the fifth grade football team, but everyone kept growing. I have been an active player on the team since the ninth grade. I just sit the bench and guard the water bucket because I'm so short. 
Listen, coach told me I made the team because I am Steve's brother. How can you both love and hate your brother? I love him as a brother, but he is so tough to measure up to. I mean, he's huge, and he set all the records last year, and the coach expects me to be like him. Why did he get all the good genes? I finally got enough courage to ask Julia to the sweetheart banquet, but she just laughed and said something about not being able to wear her high heels shoes with me. I didn't see, I didn't see what was so funny. I am a real person too, you know. I act like it's cool, but I'm dying inside. I talk a big talk, but if anyone calls me on it, I am toast. Why does it have to be so difficult? It seems like the only way I can get any attention is when I get new stuff. Everyone is jealous of my new iPod and iPhone. They want to give, me a, give them a ride in it, ride in or even let them drive my new 2014 Mustang GT. But they never want to just hang out. I am convinced my parents to get it for me because I knew that this was the only way I would have friends. I just want to be accepted for who I am and not judged by what I am not. Isn't there someone who will be a true friend to me? Think about that for a second. You guys are laughing in here. But someone in here could be feel just like Sean. Someone can feel like, well, why did, the, why did my brother or sister do all these things? And I have to live in their shadow. How many of you feel like you live in your brother or sister's shadow? All right. You know, you feel like, you know, you, you feel like, you know, if that person was top of the class, if she was top of the class the whole time, then I got to be there. I have to reach that. Or if he was on the basketball team all these years, I got to do that. Now we have a young man named Josh. Josh, is, let me just tell you, Josh, Josh is a young man. Listen. Josh is the young man who, from the perspective of others, looks like he has everything he could want. He is a starting basketball player. He gets good grades and is dating a cheerleader. However, all he really wants is the love and approval of his dad. It does not matter how many points he scores or what his grades are, they are never good enough for Josh's dad. He is at the point that he is willing to do something stupid as long as it gets his dad's attention. After all, negative attention is better than no attention, right? So this is the story of Josh. Well, the season is off to a great start. My sophomore year is better than I could ever imagine. I can't believe I'm the starting point guard for the varsity team and averaging 18 points a game. College scouts are already talking to me. And if you don't know what a sophomore is, a sophomore would be grade 10 student, all right? I, am, I have been doing well in my classes too, with the exception of the 1B I made in history. I am making straight A's, and if that wasn't good enough, Jennifer, the captain of the cheerleading squad, well, she is my new girlfriend. I mean, seriously, she's a senior, and she is hot. I can't believe, I can't believe she's crushing on me. Oh, yeah. 
However, listen, however, if I'm honest with myself, I would trade all that in an instant for peace in my home life. I have a mom and a dad, but it seems like it's my def- by default only. They act as if they wish I had never been born. I don't know what else I can do. My dad demands perfection, and when I deliver, he criticizes me. Like the other night, I had my season high 26 points, 10 rebounds, and 12 assists. A triple-double. I lead all scorers and crying out loud, all he had to say was, Josh, you missed three free throws. That's pathetic. Maybe next game he will be proud of me. Maybe my next grade card will be enough to earn his love. I'm dating the hottest girl in school to make him think that there's something special about me. Don't get me wrong, I like Jennifer. But part of me is dating her just to make my dad proud. I don't know what to do. All he wants to do is drink and criticize. There's got to be more than this. And the last person is Becca. Let me tell you about a little bit about Becca. Love is the endless pursuit of the young girl named Becca, whose father abandoned her and her mom when she was young. All she ever wanted was her father to be there for her. She told her to close, close and tell her he loved her. Instead, she has a gaping hole in her heart for her father's love. She tries so many things to fill this void, but nothing helps. From friends to boyfriends to sex, sometimes even drugs and alcohol. Still nothing works. Her pursuit of love seems to be hopeless. And here's the story of Becca. All I want is to be loved. Why, God? Why did you let my father leave and abandon my mom and me? These past seven years have been so empty. Ever since I, he left, I felt alone, scared. I just wanted to be here to hold me. I know it's silly. But I wanted to hear him tell me how pretty I look. How I'm in my homecoming dress. To tell me everything is going to be okay, but it's not. I have tried to replace him with friends. It just seems when he really needed them, they were not there. Or they made me feel like I am a freak because I'm all needy. That's when I met Bill. Oh man, he was so cute. I knew he was 22 and I was only 16. But it seemed like, a, like he really cared for me. Listen. Listen, he was the mature, strong voice I needed. He would always text me back right after, right away, and he called me. At first, I was a little scared when he would touch me. You know, always pushing the limits a little. But it wasn't that big of a deal considering the affection he was giving me. One day he told me that if I truly loved him, I would have sex with him. I did love him. At least I thought I did. I wanted to spend the rest of my life with him. So what? Does it really matter if we have sex now? Isn't that what lovers do? You see, you guys in this room making these funny things about comments and and other things. But you know what I think is reality right here? Is that these stories represent people in this room. You know, who can relate to, first of all, Sean? You know, who's upset because God made him this way. And then you have someone like Josh, who has it all together on the outside, but he's looking for love from his dad. And then you have Becca, who's basically willing to do anything just to find love. 
willing to give a piece of ourselves. But we must remember as we think of all of this, as we think of love, we have to first of all know, number one, as you look at your outline, the source of love. What is love? 1 John 4, 7, 8 says this, Love is a purposeful act of selfless giving for the good of others. That's what Christ did for us. Christ gave himself up for us. And as we think of, the, first of all, the source of love, 1 John 4, 7, and 8, and I'm going to say the song, because I know it the other way, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone that loveth is born of God, and knoweth God. He that loveth not, knoweth not God, for God is love. Beloved, let us love. First John 4, 7 and 8. Yeah! Alright. So, so, when we think of the word love, we must remember who is love. The source of love is who? God is love. If we are going to understand love and how it's displayed in our lives, we, must, first of all, must face it to the source. As we read through the Bible, we find the source of love is God. He is the giver of love. God is the source of love because, number one, He is love. You see, we a lot of times go to other places to try to find love. We want to find a definition of love. You know, we think that if I have this thing or that thing, I'm going to be loved. You know, like I said, all of us in this room is searching for love. I don't care who you are. I don't care who you are. And I'm not just talking about the love that you're thinking, oh, I want to find a special boy, a special girl. No. You want to have love from your parents. You want to feel love from your friends. But you know what? If you're not finding love in those places, it's because you haven't found a true source of love. And that is God. You see, too many times we think that, you know, we, we try to earn people's love. Let me ask a question. How many of y'all done something stupid? And I, I'm going to say stupid because, and I know stupid is a mean word, if you ever watch Game Plan. But you know what? How many of you have done something stupid to be accepted by someone so that they would recognize who you are? We all done. If you're, if you're in your hand ain't up, you're lying. You know, I remember, I remember when I was in grade two, I was in grade two, I thought, at Kingsway, I thought I had met the girl of my dreams. So, listen, at grade two, right, you know, I liked this girl, you know, I liked her. And you know, I even sent her a letter probably to say, if you like me, Click, circle yes, no, or maybe, you know, probably that. Anyway, anyway, I remember in grade two, seeing this young girl, and you know, I, I liked her. And I did something that, you know, I wouldn't even, I don't like to do. The teacher said, who wants to stay after class and clean the class? Who wants to sweep? So me, well, the girl already raised hand, so me and this other boy, my, one of my best friends, we decided we could stay and clean the class. Well, anyway, I had brothers in high school at the time. So, next thing I know, I look out the window, and I see my dad's truck already going home, heading out the Kingsway driveway in the high school. So I got left to school because of this girl, because I liked her. 
So I was could do what I could, even if it meant sweeping the class and doing those things. Well, the next thing I know, you know what? It wasn't worth it. Because, like I said, I got left to school, so I had to catch a ride with my friend. So I'm on my way home, and if you know anything about Camperdown, I'm on my way home, and when I'm turning the corner, my dad decides he's coming back up to school with me. Let's just say when I got home, yeah, I didn't get abused now, just so you know. But I got a little spanking. All right? All right? Because you know today we have a lot of domestic violence suits, so I don't want no one to sue my parents because my parents were just disciplining me at that time. But for me, it was just better. My dad had stayed home and waited for me to come home because it was worth it to see him coming out and I got out the truck. I got out of a person's car and went in a truck with him and all I thought to myself, Lord, just let me live. I was scared. So, but we must understand that when we look at, for love in the wrong places, we're never going to find it. Because God is the true source of love. Secondly, the expression of love. The expression of love. 1 John 4, 9 and 10 says this, In this, the love of God was made to manifest among us. God sent His only Son into the world so that we might live through Him. Verse 10. In this love, not that we have loved God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sins. What does propitiation mean? Because some of you are like, what does that mean? Does anyone know what propitiation means? Propitiation. Sacrifice, payment. You know, He made the, pay, he made the sacrifice for our sins. That's what He did. He did it for us. You know, and this is the expression of love. You know, sometimes for my wife, I will go and get her some fl a flower, a rose, or something to show my expression of love. Aww, yeah. Pat on my back. Huh? Yeah, you see improved? Okay, yeah, alright. See, she's improved. Anyway, I will do that sometimes, right? But you know what? I could never love my wife the way that God loved us. You know why? Because God sent His Son to die for us. Paid the price. And you know what, you know what Romans 5 tells us? That He died for us while we were still His enemies. When we wanted nothing to do with God, He died for us. Now some of you may say, well I'll, I'll die for my friend, I'll die for my parents, I will die for this person, I'll die for that person. But I can guarantee you, no one's going to die for the enemy in here. But that's what God said. That's what Jesus did for us in Romans 5. He died for us while we were still his enemy. He died when we, in our, we were the ones who sinned. We deserve death. You see, God did not, Jesus did not deserve to die. He died for you and me. That was his expression of love. That was the way he showed his love. Let me ask a question. Can you show any greater love than that? No. There's nothing that you can do to show that type of expression of love. He died for them. He died for us. And I think sometimes we forget that because we hear it so much. Well, Christ died for you. You know what? That never gets old to me. Because when I think that someone would die for me, 
you know, we can't put into words. We should just stand in awe of that. Why did He have to die for us? It's because of our sin. We owed a debt to God. We could not pay it. So He paid a debt He did not owe. As enemies of God, we are deserving of His wrath. But Jesus' sacrifice for us took care of that. In 2 Corinthians 5, 21 says, Jesus became sin for us that we might enjoy His righteousness. Think about that. He became sin so that we could enjoy righteousness. What a swap. What, what, a, what a good trade-off. You know, we could think of, of uh, sports here in a sense, and sometimes we look at people who trade, make some trades sometimes, and we think, what were you thinking? But you know what? That's what I say here. To think that God would say, you know what? You sinned. You sinned. I sinned. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to send my son to die for you. He did nothing wrong. All he did was live a perfect life. And people hated him. They wanted to kill him. You see, when we think of this and we think of the stories that we look at, when we think of Becca, that she would find a true friend who cares for her, who she is and not what she will do. Sean will feel a sense of belonging and acceptance. And Josh will find the love of a father and a sense of belonging in a new family the church. This is what God does for us. Because He is the expression of love. So how do we respond? To, how, what is our response to love? How do we respond to love? Our response is found in Romans 5, 5. And it says this, And hope does not put us to shame, because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. This is what God has done. He said, look, I'm not going to leave you alone. I'm not going to say, here, you know what, live life. No, I'm going to send the Holy Spirit to live in you. You know, when we think of, of the book of John, and we think of what Jesus said to his disciples, he said, look, it's better for me to die and leave you. And, 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 and I know they were thinking to themselves, hey, what do you mean? We've been walking, doing life with you, seeing your miracles, seeing all these things you have been doing. And now you say you're going to leave us? How is that going to be better for us? Think of you for a second. Think of a family member in your life who you love. And they passed away. You know, it's hard for us. But you know what? If they know Christ as Savior, they're in a whole better place than being here with us. Because the world we live in is messed up. And the reason it's so messed up is because of sin. It's because people have loved all the wrong things. They haven't found the true meaning of love, the source. So how should we love? Our love should first of all flow upward. Our, our love should flow upward. Matthew 22, 37 and 30 says this, And he said to them, You shall love the Lord your God with some of your heart, with some of your soul, and with some of your mind. Does that say that? No. It said, Love the Lord with all of your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. Love everything. Love Him with everything. Give up everything for Him. This is the first and greatest commandment. I made a question. What is some of the what is one thing that people always say, 
they, they say to you, first impression is what? Last impression, right? Your first impression is your last impression. Jesus said, look, this is the first and last commandment. This is the first, this is the number one commandment. To love me. And you know why he said that? Because if we love God, if we love him with everything, everything else is going to fall into place. Because you know why? We're going to see people different. We're going to see that person on the side of the road different. We're going to see a person who just lost their job, has nothing to feed their, their family with, different. We're not going to just think of ourselves. It's not going to be just about me. But once I'm happy, I go home tonight, I got a plate of food, I'm happy. No, we are going to see people different. You know, anyone who went to student life, they could tell you, and that's why, you know, for those who weren't here, you know, to see what just sponsoring a kid could do. Here is a boy who basically lived in a cardboard box. Had no home, had nothing at all. But you know what happened? People like us here, who, they lived in the United States, a couple said, you know what, we want to sponsor you. We want to help you out. We want to be your parents. We want to help you out. Here it is. This guy now is traveling over the world. Telling people about Christ. Now you know he could have looked at his life and said, why would I want anything to do with God? God made me this way. You know, God took all this away from me. But he didn't. Because people showed him the love of God. Just like me and you. If you know someone's going to die, what would you want to do? Save them. But you know what's sad? We know people dying every day and going to live in hell. And we don't tell them about Jesus Christ. We have, we have the cure for life. We have the love of life. But we don't tell anyone. We don't show it. Secondly, our love should flow inward. 1 John 4, 11 and 12 says this. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. Well, hold on. Let me, don't, don't go anywhere. Go back. I want us to just think about this for a second. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love each other. Wow. Anyone in this room ever met someone who's hard to love? Anyone ever looked in the mirror and said, maybe I'm the person who's hard to love? You know why? Because we never say it could be us, right? You know, we got to be very careful because that's what it's saying. Because if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. Even though you may get on my last nerves, and my wife could tell you I get on her last nerves sometimes, she loves me. I love her. Aww. But you know what? You know what? Even harder than that, we husband and wife, so we should love each other. But you know what? We should love each other as Christians, as believers, because we are one family. We ought to show love to one another. 
But yet, too many times, we just out for ourselves. We just think about ourselves, and we don't care about one another. Once I have it all together, I don't care about you. And that's why our love should flow inward. Verse 12 says this, No one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God abides in us, and His love is perfected in us. You know, we say we love God. We say we want a relationship. How many of y'all seen God in here? Anyone seen God in here? No. But we say we love Him. But we see these people every day in this room. But we don't even love Him. That's something to think about. Something to really challenge and think about. Because how can we say we don't love something we don't see? How can we say we love something we don't see? Or who we see, who we don't see, and we don't love the person we do see. And lastly, our love should flow outward. Matthew 28, 18 and 20 says this, And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make the son of all nations, baptizing them in the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe that all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Let me ask a question. You think God really loved us? You think that if God didn't love us, do you think he would die? He would send his son to die for us? No. Tonight I want to challenge you. And I want you to ask yourself this question as we think about God is love. Do you love God? Have you ever experienced true love? Have you really experienced the expression of love? Have you experienced what love is, the source of love? Do you have a genuine relationship with Jesus Christ? You know, and, and one thing I, I can tell you now, I don't like to scare nobody to think, oh, you know, I don't want you to question. But let me ask you a question. Do you really know God? Do you know Him? Do you have a genuine relationship with Him? If God was to come right now, where would you spend eternity? Would you spend eternity worshiping Him forever? Or would you spend eternity separated from Him forever? You know, and I, and I want you to really think about that. Because we could search for everything in life. We could have everything in life. But if we don't have God, we have absolutely nothing. So I really want you to search your heart, search your life. And if you've never placed faith in Jesus Christ, come and see me afterward. Talk to your small group leader. You know, I don't want to do no altar call or whatever. But speak to your leader. Let's, let's sit down and talk. And we can show you from Scripture how you know for sure where you're going to spend eternity. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the night. We thank you for your love. And we thank you for how much you love us that you would send your son to die for us. And I pray that you continue to be honored in all that we do. And Father, I just thank you for this group of students here, Father, that they would just be on fire for you. That they would be passionate about you and that they would seek after you in all that they do. In Jesus' name, amen.